Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three and three. 22 to Raja. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Cannell and Bell. Hanging out. It is Thursday. My days are all out of whack. Yeah, kids are out of school. It's yeah. hard to kind of figure out where you're yeah, Right. There's right holidays, Monday, Tuesday. You're back to work Wednesday. I will say it's a nice short work week. Like, yeah. Done tomorrow, and then we're bouncing. You know what? This ever happened to you? Um, over the holidays, there's so many missed garbage days because oh, of the holidays. Yeah. yeah. And you're producing so much more garbage yes. because you're having little parties and stuff like that. Yep. I've got two garbage bins full. A recycle bin full of garbage because I ain't got nowhere else to put it. Right. And now I'm starting to accumulate bags. Yeah, that's not good. They won't even take them at the local dump. I tried it. They're like no garbage, just boxes or like. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. So one of the, one of the, like one of the biggest arguments my wife and I get into because I always leave the house first and I'll see the garbage there. Usually I'm a good husband and I'll roll it out yeah. to the curb and I'll put it out. Occasionally I'm like, eh, I'll let her do it. Nope. And then I'll get a text like, did you forget the garbage? <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. She'll take it out? Her. Yeah. Oh, mine won't. Yeah, she won't even know. <laughs> no, cause my wife has like OCD with cleanliness. So yeah. she doesn't like anything laying around. So okay. she's going to put it away. Uh, we got a big show to get to. LeBron calling himself the greatest of all time. That's and odd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get to that. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Brown, the, the saga continues. We'll get breakdown. Uh, James Harden, his play as of late. Our boy Emery Hunt. Oh, Emery. Load of picks for yeah. the weekend with the NFL playoffs coming up. Before we get started, I had something really, really annoying happen to me. Okay. And I feel like a complete idiot yeah. letting this happen, which happens all the time. I do feel that way all the time, like an idiot. So I was, I've heard about this show, Escape from Danamora is the way I guess I, I all right. Escape at Danamora yep. on Showtime. Okay. I saw a bunch of people talking about it, said it was really good, like award winning. So I was like, awesome, looking for a new something to watch. Yeah. So I fired up last night. It's kind of late. So I start watching it and I'm watching it and like, man, this is, there's seven episodes. I'm like, this is a really long episode. It's like an hour and 40 minutes. I'm sure. Like, is it a movie? Yeah. Or is it a show? So I get through it all and I'm like, well, it's kind of interesting. I'm like, you know, there's some things I'd want to know. Like, are they going to go backstory? Like, is this all about their escape from this prison in Correct. State New York? Correct. So I come in here. Quinn, uh, who works on our show, yeah. is a big fan of it. Yeah. So I start asking her. I'm like, is this Benicio del Toro and those guys? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. And so I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, the show is really good. I'm like, so what are they going to go back now and like recap everything? Like, what are they go back in time? Yeah, dude, you watch like, the, you... I watch the finale. <laughs> so I watch the finale so I know who dies. I know yeah. who survives. I know everything that happens. But my question to you, and I guess to Quinn will be, yeah. is it worth going back and watching? Like, is it that good where even though I know the outcome, I'll still be invested in the first six episodes. You can never be as invested in the first six episodes once you've watched the last one. I know. I mean, if you convince yourself that it's worth going to watch, no matter what Quinn says, it will not be worth going to watch six more episodes. I know. Because I kept saying, like, man, this guy's nuts. Like, what's his... And now now I guess I know yep. why. I'll have to go back and watch Good it. Good for you, dude. So, yeah, I'll, I'll keep you updated. You on saved, your, you saved yourself, like, six hours of the wasted one, TV time. The finale was good. Yeah, now okay. I can go read a book. No. So <laughs> You'll have to watch the whole series and let me know if it's any good. Uh, all right, so let's break this down. Because LeBron James... To me, I've always had a scale of likability for LeBron yeah. James. Yeah. So if it's a hundred percent, you're like, how much do you like of him? I've usually hovered around eighty-five percent. Like mm-hmm. I don't like some of the stuff he does in the media. I will say, recently it's starting to drop down. He's moving the needle. Yes, the wrong direction. Yeah. I love how he works. I love his work ethic. I love that he wants to win. I love that he wants to, you know, chase championships. That he puts all his energy out there. But this is the latest example, and this has been like a. It's been a. 
interesting couple weeks for LeBron. Sure. He made the comments about NFL owners being equivalent to slave owners. Yeah. I did not like personally. Of course. I thought it was over the top. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this latest one where he goes out there and he's on uh, ESPN Plus talking about how he is the greatest ever. Uh-huh. And it was on More Than an Athlete, his new series. His quote was, and he was talking about winning his championship back in Cleveland, when he goes back to Cleveland, when they beat the Warriors, when they were down 3-1, came all the way back. That one right there made me the greatest of all time. That's what I felt. I was super, super ecstatic to win over uh, for Cleveland because of the 52-year drought, like I was ecstatic. That day, the first wave of emotion, everyone saw me crying. That was all 52 years. And after I stopped, I was like, that one right there made you the greatest of all time. <sighs> um, okay, here's the deal. Right. Look, look, everybody always wants athletes to kind of like bear their soul and really understand. Look, I do this job and people tell me like our, like Port and them tell me like they want authenticity. They want you to just be yourself. They want to, I don't know that people really always do. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. want just enough to make themselves feel comfortable. And if you cross that line, which LeBron did for some people, apparently you, <laughs> people are uncomfortable and they don't like you anymore. And so look, look, what is he supposed to think? I mean, seriously, like do, am I an MJ what is he fan? To think do, or what is he supposed to say? But, but you, you've got this, you've created this TV show and he's doing some cool stuff with his barbershop show and stuff like that. Yep. And you're getting real, genuine, authentic looks at the way some of these guys feel, um, without a uniform on, just as people. And so in that context, say that. If that's the way you feel and you're being genuine, I have no problem with it. Do I agree with you? Not necessarily, but I am closer to having a debate about who the GOAT is than, than some sure, people you are. Have like, I, I think that he's right there. I wouldn't go ahead and say that that got you over the hump. That's my personal opinion. Do I have a problem with him saying it? No. But when he took his name, did you see the Jordans? He had a pair of Jordans on. Yeah. Air Jordan 1s. He didn't cross and it. He crossed it out and put like like Air James or Air King on him or something, or at least that was the meme that was on like social media. Yeah. If if that is a real thing, then I'm with you in the scale of likability. Like that one crosses That's the what line. I think. Like, so what's wrong? I got no beef with the man saying he feels like he's the greatest of all time. I do because I don't think that's his place to say. I think it's arrogant. I, th- I think you can say. You don't think Michael shot. Jordan would tell you he's the best player of all, all time? All right. Here's the thing. We don't, we can't, we don't have the video because we couldn't clear it. Like right. some people don't let you watch videos on these types of shows. Right. You gotta get clearance, which is stupid. I say we just run it and then we ask questions later, but there are two separate videos. Okay. Of Michael Jordan during his career and one that was like right at the end of his career. He's talking with Michael Wilbon. And Wilbon's asking him, and he's like challenging me, like, so you're telling me you don't think you're the greatest ever? Like, come on, you have right. all these championships, you've done all these MVPs, you're the greatest ever. And MJ is like, it's not my place. For, listen. And he said, he, MJ's quote says, it would be disrespectful to Wilt Chamberlain, to Jerry West, and he names a couple other players, for me to claim I was the GOAT if I never played against them. Okay, now. Wait, it, Raja, Raja, I asked Danny before the show, do you know who else called himself the greatest of all time and Danny didn't have a problem with it? Muhammad Ali. True. True. <laughs> and, All the time. That was his shtick. And here's the difference between like LeBron and, and MJ. Like, so yeah, MJ, like there's a part of me that was raised in that school too, where like, you know, you walk soft and carry a big stick. Like right. your game do the talking. Like I even preached that to some of my young cats, but we're not in that day and age, right? And MJ was killed for trying to sell sneakers. Like MJ was commercial. MJ never wanted to say anything political. He was polished. Never stood up for any, he never took a position on anything. Like left, right, center, he just, he was right down the middle with everything, right? So MJ, you know, there are a lot of people that would tell you MJ would say that, 
because MJ didn't want to alienate anyone, right? right? He was he was brand like LeBron's not as concerned with that. Like this is a new day he's a of athlete. Well, he's, yeah, he's a billionaire, and also like you know he's got you know they're way more adept at navigating social like like waters, right? Like right. Y- y- whether it's like like fucking. Uh, Social like media what? or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they're way more adept at Facebook, I you're gonna say that. They're way more adept at navigating these waters. And so what I would say to you is MJ had to stay in a lane where if you had let MJ and given him the platform to be outside of said lane, he might have told you he was the GOAT. Right. And I I have some people have uh, appropriately pointed out that while he was doing those interviews, he was saying the right thing, but then at his Hall of Fame speech, you kind yeah. of saw the real Michael Jordan come sure. out. He was calling out dudes left and right and showed a little bit more of a petty side, which maybe he would have spoken out if he wasn't worried about selling. MJ's day and age of athlete wasn't used to being a brand. That was right. new for MJ, right? He was, he was the, he was the pioneer of building a brand. Even, even Larry Bird and Magic and those guys, like it was Converse weapons. It wasn't like the bird or the magic shoe. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. so like maybe out of fear for like ruining that brand, you got an individual that was like kind of afraid to step out of his lane and really give you a true glimpse of who he was. LeBron's not afraid of that. Here's the really easy answer that he yeah. could have given. Hey, I'm not done yet. I want to chase him. I want to be better than LeBron, MJ, but I'm not. I'm not done yet. I'm still chasing more championships. I still have years left to play. Could have definitely said that. Have that that conversation. Unless, but I think he's more into unless. But here's the thing. I think LeBron James, and this is, and he loves the spotlight. Yeah. which is great. Like everybody does. Like everybody loves being famous. That's why he came to the the the, uh, the arena the other day with a glass glass of wine because he's like, I know everybody's going to be tweeting about this. I'm going to go viral if I bring wine. Like he likes saying things that are going to bring him attention. He does. I'm not going to dispute that he's. <laughs> right. He's an attention guy. Like yes. he likes he, one of the, he like, likes one of the, the limelight. Knocks it down. Although uh, we all do. Like I like it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, look, the wine I felt like was like over the top. Though I mean, you're dude, right. you're coming, you're coming to work. Like <laughs> you're not playing in the game. I get it. Right. But we're, like as athletes, you're probably not supposed. Whether you're playing in the game or not, you're not supposed to be drinking prior to a game. Definitely not showing everybody on the planet that you're drinking right. before a game because he knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. Um. But just you know, at, at its real core, again. Could have, could LeBron have said all of those things that politically would have come across a lot easier to the, to the MJ lovers or, or the more conservative audience? Yeah, right. probably. But if LeBron really feels like that. Yeah. And this show is supposed to be a show that's going to give you an authentic glimpse into who these guys are, then I'm okay with that. Whether I agree with it or not, the, the, the actual thought, I'm okay with him feeling like that. I would love to say that I feel like LeBron is at this place and he's saying these things because he doesn't give a bleep. Yeah. But I still think he does Good care what there. people think. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I think no, he, he does. I think sure. it bothers him when people criticize him. So, but if you're going to say this, then don't be, don't be mad if people come criticize you for saying it or yeah. challenging the statement. No, I don't think, and I don't think he is, honestly. Right. I think, I think LeBron is pretty secure in that. Like he, uh, you know, again, his, right. he's, he's lived through this since he was like 16 years old. So I don't think he's tripping off of what you and I feel about it. All right. So let's, let's move on to some other NBA topics. Cause that, that, again, it feels like we always lead with off the court stories. Yeah. We're talking about the They're NBA. the most fun. <laughs> I know like, they are. Yeah. But Russell Westbrook, um, he's been a polarizing player. Like he's always been up and down. He's been an incredible athlete. He's had incredible seasons when he averaged the triple double back to back. You know, and then th- somehow we didn't talk about it last year, but he won the MVP the previous season because of it. Um, last night's struggled, but his shooting has been an issue. He's shooting just 29% on jump shots this season. He was 36% two years ago. Yeah. Uh, what do you see going on with Russ? You know, I don't really see anything necessarily going on, like in, in terms of mechanically or anything like that. Like Russ just, you know, 
you, you've deferred a lot of the game now to Paul George, um, and you've got other guys, Jeremy Grant, stepping up and, and, and fulfilling an offensive role, and you know Stephen Adams is getting a few more touches. So, you know, it's not your game to just go out there and fight through all of the missed shots, right? And and try to find a rhythm that may have some effect on his shooting percentage. But he got up enough last night; he was three for twenty, so you right. can't really blame it on that. I just think he's he's probably a little uncomfortable offensively. Um, in what they try to do offensively, I don't think it'll be something that that it signals the decline in his career or anything like that. Like Clay Thompson is shooting, struggling the ball right now. Earlier in the season, before he got hot as fish grease, like James Harden was was struggling to shoot the ball. It happens to players. The good news is they're twenty four and thirteen right now. Mm-hmm. Like they are they are winning basketball games despite his struggles from the field, and he's producing everywhere else. He's still rebounding the heck out of the ball. He's still distributing the ball. And what I really love about him is, like, down the stretch, when he's 3 for 20, he doesn't just continue to fire bombs because he's got some trust in Paul George to close games. He's got some trust in other guys to supplement for him, and that's that's a sign of maturity for me as a player. Like, you, you've got some weapons around you now, so you guys can win despite... Him shooting poorly from the field. Yeah, the good news, as you mentioned, 24 and 13, that's third in the West, the Western Conference right now. Here's the thing with Russell Westbrook. He's always been one of my favorite players to watch because he plays hard. Right. Like he does not take nights off. He goes after it. He always, you know, expends all his energy, leaves it all out there, which I appreciate. The one thing I would concerns me is that I do look at him and I don't know if I trust him in clutch situations because he has been known historically to what to make a shot or just yeah, gener- or to take a bad shot yeah, okay. or to have a bad. I turnover. think that's fair sometimes. You know, like yep. my question to you would be: Would you? Let's say you're building a franchise. Would you want to build it around him? Because that's the type of player he is. He is. He's the ball is yeah. in his hand I mean, every uh, time. Well, I guess. I guess. What would my other options be? Yeah. No. I mean, like, if you get, you know, if but like, would you put me- him in a tier like so? KD, obviously, you're going to build around him. LeBron, you're going to build around him. Kawhi, you're going to build around him. And I think you, there would be a, a whole nother level of trust around those guys than there would Russell Westbrook, even though athletically. Production-wise, he does just as much, and it's just diff- a different type of, of play. I'd put, I'd put trust. I'm a Russell Westbrook fan. You would build around him. You trust I, I, building you, around You know him. what I put trust in? What you just talked about. A guy that's just going to be a dog and leave everything on the floor any given night. Like, I trust that. Now, yeah, are there some flaws in that? Like, are we going to lose some games because you fire some bad shots late? Sure. Am I going to have to have talks with you about, like, hey, man, I got you got to trust – you know, said player to kind of, you know, shoot the ball down the stretch. Yeah, we can have those convos. But, man, if you give me somebody that I know every time we lace him up, he's going to give me 110%, whether we're up 20 or down 20. I put stock in that, especially when he's as talented as Russ. But, yeah, there, I mean, there are flaws in the game, and he may be a, a, a tier-ish below those three, but not a whole tier. Like, I'm not lumping him in with, like, Clay Thompson right. and guys like that. He's a bona fide superstar. Right. All right, so another guy, and this guy I think is – Pretty different when you look at efforts on uh, on the court, especially on the defense side of the ball. It's James Harden. Yeah, but he's been balling out recently. In his last ten games, he's averaging forty eight and six. He's been on fire. Um, Crazy back to back MVP. Like who who would yeah. be your MVP guy right now? My MVP is who I said was going to win it. Who did you? No, say? Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, Giannis. Giannis. Yeah, yeah, and that, because look, his team's number one in the in the NBA right now. Um, just the kind of the, the the way that team has done a complete 180 in terms of like the direction they were headed in. They were like slumping tremendously. They had taken a step back last year, and he's putting up video game numbers too, and just dominates games. But James Harden, when you're making a case for James Harden, wins are going to be like critical, and they're winning now, right? And so you know, over his last ten games, he's averaged forty, uh, four, almost forty one points a game, nine assists, and six rebounds. When you look at his numbers. Versus last year, like last year he averaged 30 a game. This year he's averaging 33 a game. Last year was 45%. This year is 44%. 
Um, he's shooting better from the three. He's averaging more rebounds this year, 0.4 more assists last year. So the numbers are like right there to support the case for him getting back to back MVP. They started off really bad, Danny. Right. And he, but he's single handedly carrying, but so it's irrelevant. If they wind up being the number two seed in the West again and he continues on this trend or something like this where those numbers are comparable to last year, yeah, I mean, you, you have to have him as, like, the number two candidate in my book. If Giannis continues and his team wins, like, the, the regular season title, like, and Giannis continues with this, I'd still give it to Giannis, but you, he's making a great case for himself right now. Two comments that James Harden has said recently. Uh, after the game last night, uh, he was asked by Turner Sports. Uh, I was This is the reporter's comment. Said, I just asked James Harden what he says to people who are mad that he gets to the free throw line so much. He said, dead serious, stop fouling. It's simple. Yeah, if it would be for you. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. of course. Yeah, you're getting fouled every time you I, – I get it. Right. I get As it. As a defensive guy, though, I'm sure you don't so, love hearing dude, that. Those offensive – like, look, man. <laughs> there, there, it was nothing more frustrating for me than dealing with, like, the Kobe's or the D-Wade's or any of those, like, super gifted scores that got calls. Right. And them just feeling like anything you did to them was a foul. You're like, my man, you know this is, like, a physical – it's a physical game. Like, I'm not allowed to touch you at all. Yeah. It's not even a, it's not even like a crying thing for a foul. They genuinely believe that every time you touch them, you have fouled them. Right. Like, I'm like, <laughs> like, how could you? That's their mindset though. That's the way they've grown up playing. Fantastic. They've always gotten I mean, them it's, too. It's great. The other comment he said, and I don't love this, kind of like I don't love LeBron calling himself the goat. Asked about the MVP. He said, I need it. I need it for sure. And I'm going to get it. What is wrong with because that? Because you're supposed to be a team player. Like, you're not supposed to be worried about an MVP. You're supposed to be worried about, I want to win a championship. Then I'll worry about the MVP. People have wrapped their mind around I'm the fact think, that I'm James... I'm going to consulting firm about how to handle the media, how to answer it correctly where you don't make waves. Do you? Yeah, it's some polishing. <laughs> a polishing course. Like, you can do a polishing <laughs> etiquette course. Um, Do you know that, like, the media has... We talked about the shift in like an NBA player, right? And like kind of Steph Curry and James Harden kind of changing the way the game is being played. Um, these dudes take care of self first. Mm-hmm. They do more, more so Doesn't James that Harden. You? See, that bothers more me. so James Harden than Steph. But no, here's the deal. They're not only take caring, taking care of self. Mm-hmm. They take care of self first. And what that does is it causes everything to collapse on him. And now he can take care of everybody else, right? It's just a different way to play the game. Right. Like, it doesn't make you selfish. But to someone looking at it, it would look like at times you're selfish. It's accepted now. This is the way the game's played. I mean, even like point guards, it was taboo for point guards to come down the court and Shoot. get up 20 shots. Right. That is normal. They're teaching point guards score, 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 score. And as you do that, it'll set stuff up. So it's, it's not as bad as you think. We're just a little old school. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. have an old school approach to it. And you know, I, I, who knows which one is right, but we're, we're, Everything has changed in terms of the landscape of what you do on a basketball court if you're the alpha, if you're the guy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
All right, welcome back, Canel and Bell. Raza, do you know who M. Diggy is? Um, yeah, I know who M. You know who it is? Who is it? I don't know. Emery? It's our boy Emery. Yeah. Yes, I didn't know that, but apparently it's his Skype handle. Oh, is like, it? Okay, Everybody M. Diggy? calls him M. Diggy, right. and I didn't know it was Bad. his nickname. So, Bad. like, now we're going with M. Diggy. All right. <laughs> uh, our man, Emery Hunt, joined us all season long, 41, 30, and 3 on his picks throughout the year. Make sure you follow him at FBall Game Plan on Twitter. What's up, my man? How we doing? I'm doing fine, man. As always, I appreciate you guys having me on. I also have another nickname. It's called Skillet as well, too. Skillet. <laughs> well, now, what's the background? Now, you got to give us a background story on Skillet. What does Skillet come from? Well, playing football in the South Louisiana sun, I was dark as my T-shirt, so they used to call me Skillet. <laughs> Skillet. That boy was Skillet. Okay. See, now, I told him that we did, right. nick, we did a segment on nicknames before, and we were talking about some of our favorite nicknames that we've crossed paths with. And I said a lot of times in Florida State, there were guys that had nicknames that referenced their skin color. And I was like, I don't know if I feel comfortable like referencing some of them. <laughs> right. So I'm glad we have you on here to give us a good one that has to do with skin color. There you go, I skillet. don't feel comfortable going there. <laughs> All right. I'll stick with them, Diggy. <laughs> All right, let's start it off because it is the wild card weekend. We got some fantastic matchups. I think there's some uh, some real opportunities here this weekend. Let's start it off with the Colts traveling on the road to the Texans. The Texans are a home one-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you like in this one? It's weird. I like the Texans in this game, so lay the points with Houston. When you look at the defense, I kind of trust the Colts' defense a little bit more than Houston's defense, but I do believe this game will come down to which quarterback in the clutch can you trust and going back – to his college days, to me, that's Deshaun Watson more so than Andrew Luck quietly. Oh, wait. Okay. So we got the Seahawks then going to Jerry's world at the Cowboys. Cowboys favored by one and a half. What do you got on that one? Both teams are completely different than what we saw earlier in the year when they matched up. And I think the reason why the Dallas Cowboys will cover and win this game because their passing game is much better than what the Seahawks secondary is. I think that's where the Seahawks are vulnerable and that's where the Cowboys will take advantage. So trust the Cowboys in this ball game. All right, it's going to be tough to trust Dak Prescott. I kind of lean the other way on that one. So I might fade you on that one. But let's move it to uh, Baltimore because the Chargers, 7-1 and one on the road this season. They've been tough. But they uh, the, they just got beat by the Ravens at home not that long ago. Ravens are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Can Lamar Jackson and the Ravens keep this thing rolling and cover for him? Absolutely. So lay all the points with Baltimore. If you go back to that last meeting between these two teams, if it wasn't for a Kenneth Dixon fumble inside the 15-yard line, I don't think the Chargers would have had success crossing the 50-yard line. So I think the way they collapse a pocket around Phillip Rivers will force some errant passes, and this defense is just smothering against that offense. I like the Ravens in this one big. All right, we got the Eagles at the Bears. Uh, banged up Nick Foles a little bit, Mitch Trubisky and the Bears. Um, does the magic continue for Nick Foles, or you got the Bears? I think the magic continues, man. I trust Ooh. Nick Foles right now more so than Mitch Trubisky. I think all things being considered, we know the defense for the Bears will be there all game long. But at some point, if your offense can't punch the ball in the end zone, you give that offense of the Eagles more chances at bat. I think they will take advantage. This will be a low-scoring game, so I would probably take the under, but I would also take the Eagles in the points in this one. Man, if Nick Foles pulls this thing off and gets another playoff win, like there, there are going to be some people yeah, really clamoring for him to be the starter. And I think at some point you have to start recognizing what he's doing on the field. Yep. All right, one more college game left. You have the national championship. Bama, six-point favorite against Clemson. Who do you like in this one? I love Alabama in this game. I was so disappointed in Notre Dame not being able to continue to pressure the freshman quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. I think Alabama will do that all game long, and that's where he struggles. He's a young guy. He's probably one of the better quarterbacks in the country, but against pressure, against that Bama pressure, I don't trust him as much, so lay the points with Alabama. 
All right, M. Diggy. Good Diggy. luck this weekend, man. Enjoy the games. All right, Skillet. We'll holler. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you All right, good stuff there from Emory as always. Uh, we'll see how he does. We'll update his record next week, and uh, we'll keep this thing rolling. All right, welcome back, Canel and Bell. So yesterday we discussed Antonio Brown. I'm wrong a lot, right? I, I fully admit, like, when we pick games, I'm wrong all the time. Sure. I have opinions I'm wrong all the yeah. time. We'll disagree on certain things. I have a feeling I'm changing my mind on Antonio Brown and the Steelers because yesterday my thought was let's work it out. Let's get behind, you know, let's get these guys together. Let's try to hash things out. It feels like it's imploding to the point where you're almost past the point of no return where it's like this thing is getting It's it's worth the 22 mil to get rid of him? Maybe, but there have been some reports saying that the cap hit isn't going to be as bad as people initially thought. And they're starting to look at it saying maybe that – and there there would be somebody that would trade for him. Right. Like that's always an option. So Mike Tomlin yesterday – addressed the media, uh, and was it was pretty much all about Antonio Brown. He like went through this time frame, he gave the whole schedule of the week and all this stuff. But when he was asked if Brown quit on his team, Tomlin responded, You can call it what you want, which is basically Ugh. him see, this is why I wish Tomlin would just say yes, he quit yeah, on his team. Like right. why not just take a stand and say yes he quit on his team. We're gonna deal with it now accordingly. He's MJ in it. You want him to LeBron it, and he's <laughs> MJ in it, and you got to be with LeBron. That is that is true. LeBron I am, it, Mike I am Tomlin. Two face right yeah, here. Right. So Tomlin said he couldn't get in touch with Brown on Friday evening or Saturday after Sat- uh, Brown was a no show at their practice, yeah. their walkthrough. At that point, he, uh, Tomlin said it became something altogether different, referencing the decision to not play him against um, the Bengals, and then he had to call his agent, Drew Rosenhaus. He basically goes through this whole thing, but it did seem like. Tomlin kind of is getting fed up. Like, and he, cause he usually does protect his players. Sure. There's an undertone in his voice where you heard him just really frustrated and like he had had enough. So as if this not isn't enough, while he's giving his press conference, James Harrison, former Steeler, goes on to the Patriots. When he's on the Patriots after his career, he throws Mike Tomlin under the bus, says right. he doesn't have enough discipline. James Harrison takes to Instagram and he puts up a story where he's with Antonio Brown. And they're saying, we're going to have the exclusive press conference as soon as – we're going to have Antonio Brown exclusively on here as soon as this press conference is over. And he goes, just so you know what we're listening to, turns up the volume, and it's Mike Tomlin's press conference live in oh, the background. Fantastic. I mean, Antonio Brown's sitting there, like, curling his hair, yeah, like, laughing. Yeah, like, yeah. he thinks it's funny, right? right? No no interview ever came. Like, they just teased it, and it got – I'm sure it got, like, a this million – This is dysfunction at its highest level. At, at its highest. Yeah. So then, just to put a bow on it – Last night, there's a new show. I forget what's it called, Coco, like the Mystery Singer on Fox. The, ma- the Mask Singer. Some, the Mask Singer. The Masks Singer, which yeah. is kind of like Dancing with the Stars. Right. Fox rearranged the way that they taped it, and it's like this anonymous "Who is the Mask Singer?" This episode was Antonio Brown. Fantastic. He was the guy that got booted from the show, so they yeah. put it like perfect timing. Yeah. That's all everybody was tweeting about. In the meantime, you have more players tweeting about him, saying, "Hey." Um, you know, you got to come play for us. Jesse James, their tight end for the Steelers, calls the Steelers the Kardashians, which yeah. I think is a pretty accurate description of there. Le'Veon Bell tweets at him asking where they're going to go next together. Oh, don't like, do that. It's such a disaster. <laughs> don't do that. I, so from all this, like after I'm getting all this information, I'm like, you know what? It's time to just part ways. Just yeah. Move on. You got to go. Now it's, now we, we, we have, there's no salvaging this, right? right? There's no, there's no salvaging this. And what, like, I thought about it yesterday, and we threw shade at Tomlin and the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. But what I never touched on, and I should have, was how like unprofessional that is. Like, yeah. What Antonio Brown has apparently done there down the stretch. You got one game left, dude. And whether you're disgruntled or not, 
Like whether you've got a beef with whoever, I don't care if you got in a fist fight like the Memphis Grizzlies did. You're talking about one game, like three more practices and one game because you guys aren't in the playoffs. I mean, they didn't know that at the time. Like suck it up and be a pro about that. And I, I will support Antonio Brown if there are valid reasons for him being frustrated in terms of getting the ball and so on and so forth. But I'm still not going to support you like bailing like that with one game. It is your job to go out there, put your work in at practice, and play football. Even when I got sideways with the Jazz, like, and I did, and I make no bones about that. I told the story about, you know, I did something really unprofessional in the locker room. I'll admit to that. Like, I was fed up. But you know what I did after that when they, when I, when the team came back? I went to work every day. And they would never play me or anything like that. But guess what I kept doing? I went to work every day. That was my job until they told me they didn't want me. That was my job. And so that's what I did. See, but I, and this is what drives me nuts about Antonio Brown. And this is where I didn't have a bigger problem with Des Bryant when he was, you know, kind of, you know, he used to get criticized for being animated on the sideline. Yeah. I thought Des Bryant, I think when I think of you and you get am, I think you had an intense desire to win. Like sure. I think you wanted to be on a winning team. Right. And I think some of your frustration that boiled was you were frustrated that you were losing, we're that you weren't getting things done. Yeah. yeah, that that was your frustration. Where Antonio Brown, it seems like he's immature. Like it just at some point is he going to grow up and stop? You know when he's when he's using Facebook Live from the locker room while Mike Tomlin yeah. giving his post game. Like, it's just disrespectful and it is not professional. That's like, true. I feel like it's just immature. An immature, selfish way to look at things, which kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. But he makes seventeen million bucks as a Steeler. Go to work. Like go to work. That's it. Thing. And even if you're not happy, try. Like even him, if if he's out there, kind of not really trying, he could probably get a hundred yards receiving. Yes. You know, and even he would command that type of respect. It's the same thing I said about the Bulls situation a few weeks ago. You get paid to do a job. Do the job. I'm not going to sit here and say I was the most mature dude, Danny. Like I was not. I did some really immature stuff in locker rooms and with coaches, like. You know, I was a kid too and a young man and you live and you learn, you get a better perspective on it, but you still go to work and do your job. Even, look, even if they had played me down the stretch with the jazz, like, and, and, and I hated the dude I was being coached by, I would have done every single thing he told me to do when I went out there on that court because that's my job. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, at, at the end of the day, like, you have to separate this personal relationship for what you, from what you get paid to do. If you know all this about Antonio Brown, and there's a lot of stuff, Ryan Clark for ESPN has really, he's taken a lot of criticism, which I don't understand because he's been revealing a lot of issues that happened in the locker room when he was his teammate. Yeah. You know, said he's kind of a selfish guy, like he wouldn't, you know, he'd agree to do an interview and then he would bail. He would ad- agree to do your charity camp and then he yeah. wouldn't show up. Like, yeah. there's, like, there's a tough. lot of stuff that was going on. Knowing all this about Antonio Brown, if you're a team, would you trade for yes, him? Yes, I would. You would? Yeah, I would. I would. What? No, wait. <laughs> all right. Cause I, it depends I, on the culture in my locker room. It, 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 it was kind of like the Cavs situation in the NBA, like when you could afford to take on some high-risk personalities because you have LeBron in place. You have you have this hierarchy of, of guys that will keep people in line. Your culture can absorb something like that. Um, if I had a young quarterback – um, didn't have like a whole lot of good elder statesmen with heavy hands and heavy, you know, messages to the team, then no, because I can't risk him burning out my young, like fledgling quarterback right. and he'll bring down the whole culture of my building. So I'd have to be a certain set of teams, a team looking you know to get over the get hump. Get him, Patriots. That, get him one more year with Tom Absolutely. Brady. And he's, uh, but what, what do you, they're fall the perfect team. Like, cause uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, what do you mean Bel- would he fall in line? Belichick ain't gonna, fu- I, he's not gonna mess around with a dude being late. Or let, let alone miss an entire practice. Well, then he doesn't exist. Like you got to kick. He, he moves. Right. You, you move him. Right. But like, and, so what happens with guys you like? You imagine if he did get with Brady and did fall in line, like that they would be the favorites be and probably win the Super Bowl. Fantastic.
All right, welcome back, Canel and Bell. Let's finish it off with some leftovers. So the NBA, Kawhi Leonard, after all the drama, he's crushing it with Toronto, returns to San they Antonio are going tonight. They to boo the living they should. out of that cat. They should. I have zero problem with that, don't you? I don't really have a problem. I do. There's a part of me that feels like you should pay a little respect to, like, what he did there, but the way it fell apart at the end, like he's going to get the <laughs> he should every time. He Everything he did there is for not because he wanted to leave, even with all the good stuff that was around him. Like yeah. he just wanted to bounce every time he touches it. <laughs> Were you ever booed anywhere? Like, oh, every, yeah, like for sure. Like really, where it was a personal boo to you? Yeah, by my home fans. That's yeah, the worst okay. part about That's it. That's the worst. Like, yes. I don't think I ever got that one. That, That's the I got, worst. Well, because like when I was in the Giants, I was yeah. the starter, and they loved me when I was the backup, and then became the starter, and we were winning. Like yeah. I was the hero, the toast of the town. It was awesome. But then the next year, gave me a bump up in salary, got a new contract. Then I'm the guy. They liked me at week one. Mm. Slowly started to deteriorate. Uh. And then they'd give you like, it was always funny because intros I'd get, you know, cheered. Like, yeah. start of the and game. As soon as you. One, three and out was mm. like, boo, here they come. And there is nothing worse for a young quarterback's confidence. Yeah. Than to start getting booed by your home crowd. Yeah. Like, cause you're like, oh, and then you get like disgruntled. And if you do have success, you're like, man, screw these people. Like, they're correct. Like, I'm, that makes you really. It's not like, a motivating thing. No. Fans seem and, to think. You remember conversations we've had with Debo about this? Yeah. About like, this is Philly fan. Like, why would you think that a home crowd booing anybody on the home team would, would be like right. motivating to them? Right. It's not motivating. It no. hurts, dude. No. Now, if you went on the road and someone booed you every time you touched it. Yeah. Then you love it. Like, you, I kind of liked you, being correct. You're yeah, like you the villain. You're that. like, yeah, let's get this. Love that. Like home in crowd. high school basketball, I used to love that. Checking right. out the girls in the right. crowd. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. You, do you guys think, do you guys think Kawhi was really hurt? Like towards the end of it when he was just sitting out games? Like, do you think he could have played? Because oh, he, he totally could. He looks like an MVP caliber player, and he like, totally could. Halfway played. through that year, when you see the dudes go and approach him, and they said, "We need you to play," they obviously knew he could play because they're not like guys are gonna they're gonna protect their teammates. They right. don't want guys to play hurt. They knew something was up. Yeah, and that's why they went and talked to him, and and rightfully so. Like San Antonio should boo the heck out of him tonight. I'm really interested to see like what his interaction is with like Pop. And you know what I mean? Like, I want to see, I want to see what that looks like pregame. Whoever still remains on that first team. Gotta do like a, a cheap bro hug. Don't like, they gotta do something, the handshake. I don't know. Really? I don't know. I'm, I'm fascinated. I want to. Op was asked about it. Yeah. He said, quote, you move on in life. We're not going to redo what's happened in the past in any way, shape or form. It's of no consequence at this point. And it does no good to go backward and talk about this. One of the reasons is you guys will interpret it whatever way you want anyway. So it doesn't matter what we say. You're going to say what you want to say. It's a waste of our time. Do you think the Spurs, Debo asked me this uh, in our chat, do you think they'll have a video tribute? Absolutely not. Zero chance there's a video tribute. Not even a chance. I think this is ugly, and I think it should be ugly. Like I think it was an ugly exit, and I don't think think you just expect everybody to just be happy and fake their way through it. You don't get a video tribute when you force your way out of somewhere. I don't care what you've done there. If you force your way out and it gets ugly like that at the end, I don't know that you get a video tribute like now. Like maybe, I don't know, 10 years from now or something like that, he'll get a video tribute, but not now. Video no tributes way. are all kind of stupid anyway while guys are still playing. Like wait till the dude is done and then have the video tribute. How can he appreciate that if he's done? I have him back. Like invite him back for a weekend. The Raptors, who do you think is favored in this game? I'll just ask you before I lay it out there. Raptors? The Raptors are a two-and-a-half-point dog. Really? In San Antonio? Yep. So they they don't think Kawhi's going to play well. Right? Yeah. Who they are you think, picking in that one? I'm taking. Give a little tease for a game pick right now. Now I'll tell you what. 
Because I think there is a chance that you could see the home crowd like get in his head and they're like the Spurs all of a sudden feel rejuvenated. Well, he's like a, play a little better defense. He's like a machine. You very rarely see him get rattled. But on the flip side, Pop is so good at like scheming stuff up. He knows and the he dude knows better than Kawhi most. better than anybody. I'm still going to take the Raptors though. I do not think that they're going to lose this game in San Antonio. All right, I'll jump on with you on that one too. Demar Derozan said, "I don't feel like it's going to be an emotional game. Clearly not, because he didn't have anything to do with any of the history that was in San Antonio. We discounted that though. Like we haven't even talked about that." DeMar DeRozan is going to try to go off because he was the one that felt disrespected in this right. whole thing. Like San and Antonio fans like him and, Kyle Lowry. and DeMar DeRozan were the ones that should feel disrespected and slighted. So I'm going to go with the Spurs. I oh, it. now you're switching it. Go with the All Spurs, right. yep. All right. All right. So I am too then. All right. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm sticking with a better team. All right. I hear you. I'll yeah. you on that one.